And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. And now, part two of our sit-down interview with Ryan Ray. Oh, so you had to build a T-cast at one point? Uh, oh, yeah. Good or bad? Not very good. Okay, how you got to explain what's going on? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I had to deal with T-cast. Well, more so, I had to deal with his dad. And they were spying the ring. We were doing shows. And everything was great. You know, we were building a fan base. We were getting on a consistent basis. And so I decided, all right, you know, time to step it up. We bring in Hexon, Sugar Duckerson. You know, we're trying to make this grow. And, uh, you know, one o'clock, the ring's not there. I'm like, okay. Two o'clock, the ring's not there. And we were scheduled to start, I think it's two. And three o'clock, the ring's not there. So I'm like, okay. None of them have been answering their phones, texts, messages, anything. And then finally, I get a message from one of them saying, oh, the transmission or something broke the other day. Couldn't do it. The other day, and they couldn't let me know. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. So he offered to bring the ring the next show, the scheduled show, free of charge. I'm like, okay, good. But I think people get the idea that we were uh, a promotion that cancels the show an hour after bell time. So not many people came. And he went home, we did a show and we were getting ready for the band memorial. <clears throat> and uh, showing how he was, I was every other day, everything's still good. Everything's still good. And about a week before, I was like, all right, is everything still good? And he's like, yeah, everything's good. I'm like, okay. And I come into town that Friday, and uh, I text him that night or that afternoon. I was like, all right, everything's still good, right? He's like, no, the trucks tore up again the other day. I'm like, really? Tore up again, and you didn't bother to say a word about this. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to fix this. So Shano and Pascal go get the ring that morning. Bring it to the show. They're going to take it back. So cool. Show goes great, you know, no problems. And uh, <laughs> it's time to, you know, give everybody their envelopes. Everybody gets their envelopes, and in the original agreement, the price we discussed included transportation of the ring. So, naturally, I pay Shano and Pascal since they went and got it. And then I give T-Cash the other half for the actual ring rental. And he's like, it's ain't enough. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? And he's like, no, no, no. We agreed on this number. And I'm like, well, you couldn't deliver fully. So why in the hell should you get that full number? And at the time, you know, I'm heated. Just want to get out of there, go home. He's flashing his badges. 
at the time, I don't know if he's trying to say, hey, I'm a cop, I'll shoot you. Or if he just went in this fucking tool shed and made him himself. I don't know. So He tried to sell you his badge? Yeah, he was like flashing his badges that were on his uh, waist. I was like, whatever. We're at a we're at a show where we're raising money for a family, and here you are hitting me up for more money that you don't deserve. So I ended up paying that ring rental about over half of what I usually would have paid for it. And from then on, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to use these guys anymore. They're done. They're pieces of trash. They're terrible businessmen. And really, it's not the first time I've had a problem with them. I know I, I'm a guy who gives second chances, got burned again, done with it. So I talked to Chris, the owner, video game heaven. I'm like, all right, um, um, I have a few potential rings I can rent, but it's wintertime, it's outside. I'm going to take some time off, you know. The springtime, let's come back and let's hit it hard. And he's like, all right, cool. And I guess he saw Bushido and got offended. That and combined with the people he was working with, because he went into partnership with Bayou Billy at the time. And uh, I was getting ready to set up another show. This is a guy from Video Game Heaven? Yeah. He's getting upset? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I'm getting set to do a show. And this is when I contact. Uh, Joshua Hancock about renting his ring, and he's like, "Where are you going to do it at?" And I was like, "Video game heaven, like I've been doing." He's like, "And this is where I first heard." He's like, "You might want to contact him and find out." I'm like, "Okay," and that's when I found out about UCW moving in and uh, by you Billy taking over, telling me to go fuck myself. And I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not running there anymore." So. Now this is the part I'm confused on. What what issues does Violet Billy have with you? Y'all had some bad business dealings or something, or the most why, why does Violet Billy have issues with you? The most I can recall is I pretty much told him he wasn't allowed back at Livewire. Okay. You know, I've only told that to maybe five people total. That I don't want them there as a wrestler. Don't want them there as a fan. Don't want them there. Period. Um, I know he has some, a really terrible match where uh, Houston ended up hurting his back, and uh, he didn't wrestle for a while after that. I was like, oh, "No, I can't be." No, and I told him, "No, you're, you're not coming back." Like, I don't know if remarks were made on either end. Like, I'm sure there were. I don't remember them, but I told him never come back. And I've since seen him at AWF. He didn't say anything to me then. So, I don't know. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. So you're thinking Bayou Billy is the main reason why? I mean, I'm just, I'm just freestyling here. It's probably the main reason why you're not allowed at the UCW. Could be. Or why you lost your why you lost out in the uh video game video game heaven? Well, I I know he's the main reason because, you know, his shop, I think he had like a magic card shop downtown or something. Uh huh. Yeah. They pretty much merged together. 
And so I know for a fact that's why I'm not working with Video Game Heaven at this point. Oh, okay. As for UCW, I'm pretty sure that's maybe a number one answer right there. Wow. Damn. Well, what about what's stopping you from doing? I mean, I know you. I, I know you've been doing a lot of production work with Machido and everything, but uh, what about situation with uh, with Livewire? You tried to work any kind of business dealings with? I'm sorry, not Livewire. Excuse me, Bauer Pro <laughs> with, with, with the Hancocks. I've heard. I've heard. Now, I've heard. Now you passed them uh, uh, issues with Justin Hancock. He was on the show about a year ago, and he mentioned a little something about it. You guys having uh, an issues where. I think he wanted to book a match. Well, I'm told he wanted to book a match at one of the live wire shows, and and I've heard that you told him that he could book a match. We got to pay him money any match that he kind of wanted. And hey, Chris, am I close to that? Is that is that is that what we were told? Yeah, that was about right. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to run his own show, which would be Viral Pro Wrestling. And, you know, he would suddenly Is it Justin, Justin Hancock or Joshua Hancock? Justin. He would, Justin, he would yeah, take okay, got it, got subtle it. questions about running a show. So many questions. And I was like, all right, you know what? You, if you want firsthand experience, I will let you buy a spot on the show. You can book whoever, whatever kind of match, as long as it makes sense. And first thing he thought of was Chains versus the rest. I don't know his, I can't pronounce it. The, the Rasputin? Yeah. The, the Russian Rasputin? Yeah. I was like, okay. And he's like, I want a Russian chain match. Like, Alright, let me stop you right here. I know this is, I said anything you want, but you don't just come out with a gimmick match. I'm willing to give you a three-match spot over the course of the next three shows to build up to this. We had a set price, and he said, okay, deal. And I was like, all right. And uh, we had a training session before the show, and I asked if he was coming. And he says, no, because I don't have any money. And I asked, well, I mean, I'll let you do it since you're doing buying the match. You know, I'll let you train. He's like, yeah, I can't pay for that, but can you still do the match? And I was like, no, because we had an agreement and, you know, step one of the business, you have to honor your word. Because otherwise, how am I supposed to believe you for anything else? Exactly. And I agree with that. I agree with that. And he started posting statuses on Facebook. And then his dad got involved. And uh, his dad came at me like I was some kind of demon. I was like, uh, maybe he hasn't told you the whole story. So I explained to him the whole thing. And he's like, oh, well, you can't trust what he says. And I was like, well, obviously. And uh, he's like, well, how about this? How about Justin film your show and Thomas referees for you? Will that be even? And in my head, I'm thinking, hell no. 
because I have talented refs. Cameraman I can use. But I don't feel that sitting there paying dues, breaking into the business, can't even come to training ever. I don't think that was equal to 50, but I was like, you know, whatever. Let's do it. Fine. Just, just to get over it. So Thomas doesn't even referee the show. Whatever. Justin's filming. And uh, I, I told them to wear certain color shirts, blue and yellow, if they could. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. And, you know, I wanted them to wear certain colors, all the staff. And, you know, no offense to him, but he shows up in a Jacoby Boykin shirt. I've I've never booked Jacoby. I don't have a problem with him, but that is definitely not the dress code I provided for you. Okay. So that's pretty much, he's at strike three at this point, pretty much. So he's filming the show. The semi-main is a six-man tag. Uh, Cruz, Charlie, and uh, Danny South versus me, Oz, or no, not Oz, me, Hager, and Joshua Hartz, actually. And uh, I hurt my knee again. It wasn't a tear or anything, just twisted it really bad and they uh, separated boards. So they helped me to the back after the match. And Justin comes back there. And you know, this is one of the bigger main events I had. It was Magnum versus Cade, you know, promoted for a little bit. And uh, he's back here in the locker room. And I'm like, the show's still going. Why are you back here? And he tells me his camera died. And I was like, why didn't you bring a charger? Why didn't you charge it during intermission? So he asked if he, if I'm mad at him, I'm like, yeah, you're, I'll let you do a job and you're not doing it. And I tell him to get out of my face. And next thing I know, his dad barges in. Walks right up to me like, do we have a problem here? And I'm sitting on the ground with a bag of ice on my knee and it's like he's challenging me or whatever it is he does the MMA stuff and I'm just like man not a good time so he goes out we finish the show and I pretty much in contact with them for a while and then the next time I see them would be at the Bushido show where they fire up all the cars in the parking lot. And, you know, if things would have went down, the very first viral pro wrestling sh- match would have happened on live wire wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So the next time you saw them again, um, uh... The Munich Shido show. Is that the one that took place after the uh, Flatline show? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, um, they were constantly asking. So I'm guessing Justin was crying to his daddy. His daddy uh, tried went to you and tried to. I mean, he just trying to pick a fight, or he try to get in your face. I mean, why, how did you handle that situation exactly? I mean, well, being me, I was I was blown up at the time. Yeah, he was yeah. Hurting. So yeah. I, I brushed it off, and then afterwards, I thought I was like, I'm pretty sure he was trying to fight me. Yeah. Well, wow. maybe not. I don't know, but that's just the way he really came off as, and I don't uh, like. Okay, um, I, I couldn't even walk to the back, and you decide you wanna to swear up with me, but okay, that's fine too. Well, it just seemed like to me it was just a business situation here. So, Christian, remind me again. What what was? I don't know, both of us, we were getting kind of a little upset. Because, like I said, we're hearing from Justin, and it's kind of like, okay, like what's, what's, you know, the reality is, though, like you, like, like you said earlier, it is children were us in business. Once you're giving your word, you got to prove your word to work. Once you, once you freaking ruin that, take a long time to, you know, darn right. your cheap again in the wrestling business. I mean, I totally, I'm with you on that 110%, but it's kind of like, you know, if the dude's trying to pay his dues, you give him an opportunity, you offer him a price, he agrees to do it, and then, then backs out. He's almost like, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. I mean, Chris, what's your interpretation of that? I mean, basically, that's the way it's, it's supposed to be. You give your word, you say you're going to do something, back it up. If you don't, then you're basically crap. And that's one of the things I try to do is I always try to keep my word with a lot of things uh, when I was dealing with uh, the wrestling business and dealing with uh, the guys in the back, the boys, as you'd say. If I said I was going to do something, I was going to do it, and I did it. Uh, never tried to renege on anything. But, you know, that's... It's not the story that Justin gave us. Uh, it was um, completely different. He said that uh, it was an agreement made, but there was never no money. Uh, he said you come up asking for money, or more yeah, or less. Yeah, after the agreement it. was, I remember now. It was, he said after the agreement was made, and all of a sudden he told him, "Oh, by the way, you got to pay me some money for this thing to happen." And you asked him the day we had no money on the day of the show, and he was trying to say he didn't agree. So all of a sudden, last minute, you told him that you had uh, he had to pay money to have one match for Bauer Pro. And that about right, Chris? Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, he, uh, he, he knew the agreement, and I guess he spent all this money before and didn't have it then. So, Well, that's just the situation. You're dealing with some uh, immaturity right there. I mean, yeah. he was like, what, 16, 17 years old at the time? Yeah, something like that. You know, trying to take advantage of a kid. I'm like, no. Yeah, 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 and you know, wow, well, damn, but um, run his own show, you know, it's going to cost him way more, and he's going to have a lot more commitment than just a simple commitment like that to debate. So, if he found out he wasn't cut out to run a show. No, no, fortunately, unfortunately. Well, I mean, Justin, as you know, right now is uh, the gimmick of Hollywood. 
Justin, was it Justin Hollywood curse? Yeah. Or the Hollywood handcuff? It's Justin Hollywood, isn't it? Justin no, Hollywood. No, he's wrestling. Uh, yeah, he's wrestling now. I want to ask you this question here, uh, uh, Billy, if you don't mind. Recently, we, we've had a couple people on the show, and, we're, and, and it's going to be on the new UCW podcast show we're going to produce the next month. Um, hazing and wrestling, you know, and, and it deals with Justin. You know, he was in November. They had a they call it a Veterans Battle Royal or Veterans Royal Rumble kind of style. There's a Royal Rumble style match. We called it Veterans Rumble, you know, and it, it dedicated to U.S. veterans, right? Well, the winner of the match gets a title shot at the next month, whether it be the Octane Championship or the Undisputed Heavyweight title that they had. Well, call me crazy, Hollywood won the, the drawing. I think Don said he could draw names that I had. Hollywood ended up, you know, Justin Hancock ended up winning the, the drawing. So he actually ended up winning the Rumble. Now, he took quite a beating from a lot of veterans in that in that match. I mean, ring generals, if you would, wherever you want to call them. Guys have been in the business for over five years. He was taking some blows. But, you know, he put a rabbit out of his head and he won. You know, he, he won the Rumble. Then he ended up taking on uh, Damian Sick, which I know is Josh Pascal, for the uh, Octane Championship. Now, in this particular match, um, Damien Sick just beat the dog shit out of him. I mean, he he really ringed Justin's bell. Right at the get-go, Justin got freaking clobbered in his ears, I think. His ears was, I know his ears was for a fact were ringing. And he said, quiet, he took a hell of a beating. I'm like, if y'all were trying to make this kid into something, he went to Battle Royal, and y'all ended up stealing his manager, you know, putting her on a freaking dog leash chain, which I understand is part of storyline, which is cool. You know, although Justin said he knew nothing about that angle. But they rolled with it. He gets a match with the champion. Josh just beats the tar out of him the entire match. Until the last second, of it, like he gets distracted. And then Justin was able to get a roll-up. But you know, Justin took quite a beating. It made some people in the audience uncomfortable. It made the announcer like, okay, well, this is, I think Josh is taking this a little too far. You know, even I was kind of baffled a little bit here. And I kind of felt like, okay, you know, my, my, my personal opinion, I need, I need, I'm, I'm all about paying your dues. And, and, and I'm at the same time, it's like, you know, kind of build somebody up. You, you have them win the Rumble. You know, give the kid a little bit of shine. It should have been just a straight 100% beatdown. Even after the match, even after they got their freaking belt, they repeatedly beat the crap out of them. You know, you had Dead Rucky get in the ring, and all three of them beat the, beat the crap out of them afterwards. You know, and then the very next show, they beat the crap out of the game of the show, and then Justin was able to forfeit the title so he could defend it later. You know, I'm just curious in your thoughts. And I had a couple of people on the show. One guy, if you, if you listen to the Brandon Parker show, um, felt like Justin just didn't even deserve to be in that position in the first place. You know, am I, am I right, Chris? Yeah, that's spot on. That's what I thought he said. I know, yeah, and, and some people felt like, you know, it is what it is. But it's your good dealings with him. I don't know if you heard about that particular spot or not, but uh, what's your thoughts on that when it comes to hazing? When veterans basically beat the crap out of rookies trying to break into this business. I mean, I know everybody's got horror stories about it, though, but like I said, we're all young ones too breaking into this business. Lord knows I've had my experience of dealing with, I thought, we're complete hotheads trying to take advantage of this situation. You know, when you're giving liberty to somebody, you know, I'm not. If you, if you try, my, I, I'm not talking too much here on the subject here, but if you're putting yourself in a position where hey, I'm gonna let you freaking hit me because part of the show and everything, 
don't take liberties on me. I mean, it's not trading to a shoe. Yes, you know, I want the match to look good. I'm going to work with you. You work with me. You try to book a little bit of shine. The key word is for the fans to like what they see. You know, I'm not going to go out there and try to bury somebody because I'm freaking pissed off. I'm losing a belt or whatnot. But, you know, uh, what's your thoughts on that, man? First of all, if they chose a battle royal winner by drawing a name, that is horrible booking. <laughs> but um, and you're not the first person that said that. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like, I've got mixed feelings about that too. I might add, you know, <laughs> use that as a big storyline and into a big push. Not whoever draws the lucky number, but you know, I mean, we've all been chopped, you know. Yep. Chopped plenty of times, and especially here with recent head injuries, um, you know, as long as you're in the safe zone, you know, all that, all I can do is toughen them up. But once you start, you know, just low-blowing them for the hell of it or taking them in the head constantly, you know, yeah. there, there, is a, there is a definite line. And, you know, someone like him, I'm pretty sure he just sits in the back. He might ask a few annoying questions, but he's not the person to try to put himself over on everybody at the same time or be disrespectful. You know, he, he's quiet and usually just listens. You know, I worked with him at Bushido um, right. in uh, January. He was quiet, listened. Just did what everybody told them. And now there are some people who, you know, like like the clown incident, uh, blatant disrespect, and it, it it warranted some stiff shots, but nothing that would rattle the brain, you know. And Josh Pascal for a while, you know, I've never put him in the ring with someone new that wasn't, you know, Ghosty, Will, someone like that. If it was like one of my guys, I would not put him in the ring with him because I know that he has this, you know, I don't know where he got it, but it's better an instinct like he's JBL or something, and he goes out there and he'll beat the holy hell out of somebody just because they're a rookie. And, well, maybe that's like a 1980s way of thinking about it, but uh, I've, I, I've read a lot of you know wrestling books, and I've, I've heard a lot of people will sit there and say, and my god, Roddy Piper, I definitely endorse that, but I, I recommend anybody you hear how he had to break into business in the 70s, they say hazing was very bad. They would do some terrible things because it was the business was so protected back then. You know, you had to be accepted in the fraternity. You know, and, and you had to go through a lot of crap just to be accepted. I mean, I, I, you know, on my Christian defense, we first broke in. I mean, yeah, we were. You know, some of us were labeled as just strictly backyarders. You know, Christopher had an X on his freaking head because Christopher Dickens is the type of guy. I'm not trying to shoot on Chris here, but even, even, even he knows true. Even said today, if he go back in time, he'll whoop his own ass. And and then Billy, I'm pretty sure he was told this. But I'm about to say, Christopher would get online and just talk so much shit. 
on that keyboard. That's why you say he would talk so much just so when he was first showing up at a Russell Packs or somewhere, dude, there are a lot of guys who were just desperately wanting to get through with Chris to give him a ton of stiff shots, you know what I mean? Yeah, Chris Chris was sometimes would just I don't know if he would just fake it or legitimately got knocked out. Sometimes Chris would just get himself knocked out training so he could sit out the rest of the time and knowing well, that guy should. Oh, crap. I don't, I don't piss this fucker out. I don't piss him off. I don't piss him off. Yeah, I'm getting knocked out now. Get the hell out of here. You know? <laughs> I mean, Chris, my line? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> but, um. Spot on. I, I mean, we, we've had rookies. The younger generation will come up there and we just talk some shit. Now, my personal experience, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story real quick. Um, I, I want to say it was either midnight or. It's one of the upper crew. Well, finally, I had to get in the ring. Or oh, hell, even Big Jim went down for it one time. I had to get in the ring and rough him up a little bit because it was almost like the amount of shit talking or being talking about. And they're talking shit toward the veterans. They're talking shit about the guys. Or, you know, and I'm kind of like, look, dude, show some respect here. You know, you get free training here. You get a free place to wrestle. We're going to ask you to do anything. We're trying to put you guys over. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to help you guys out here. And, and you're going to sit there and talk shit. I mean, one time, Paul got in the ring with Brandon Parker. Just like you just said, you're trying to talk to him in the back and try to work something out, and he ran to go play. That's exactly what Paul did, the same thing with Brandon. Brandon was like, all right. You know, it was a, it was a Halloween show we did. You know, I thought it was cool. It's like University of Midnight, you know. Dude, Parker, I heard one of the loudest chops I ever heard in my life. It's when Parker delivered to Paul, and he took Paul right out of the match. It was over, you know. That's just one of those things, man. You, you, you don't just walk up to a place you don't freaking know and, and, and just start talking junk, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Now, at the same time, I'm also a firm believer. Um, if you're going to throw a stiff shot, be prepared for a receipt. you're going to throw a potato, be prepared for a receipt. I, right. I've been known for that. I tell, one, I tell a guy, I told one guy one time, he hit me really hard in the ring, and we're on the ground. I thought, all right, dude, he's up a little bit. You hit me hard again, I'm going to throw it right back and I'll get you a warning, you know? I'm assuming he didn't hear me because the next shot he had, boom, cold clocked the shit out of me. And then Chris would tell you the match is over seconds later. I run him right up to a submission. I choked him out. Everybody thought I blacked out. Everybody thought I got in the ring trying to pull me off of him. And I said, no, he freaking low blew me in the ball. He freaking punched me hard in the face, you know. And I, and I warned the guy. I said, you know, if you're going to throw some real hits at me, you know, the match is going to be over. I'm, I'm no problem. I've got no problem getting in the ring. And, and throwing down, going at it, going at it, going at it, you know, no big deal. But if I think you're taking liberties on me and you're not listening and you keep throwing harder, harder shots at me, you know, it, it's time to take it home. The woman's just going to get seriously, seriously hurt, you know. You know, it's only a few people that I would trust that I would sit there and let them, you know, hey, take some aggression out, let's just go ahead and ring it, let's just go at it. We ain't we, we, we got to talk about it. I know what you're going to do, you know what I'm going to do. They should go out there and kick ass. And James Hughes is one of those kind of people, you know. I, I, tr- I trust, I trust, I trust Pate with my life. You know, as hard as he is, he never seriously, seriously uh, hurt me, hurt me. And we right. went through tables. He had me with Singapore King, Cheese Graders, you named it. I, I've had some good fights with him, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, me and Madura had a bad incident one time in IWE. You know, I don't know what he was trying to prove. I don't know. He tried to get real still clothes on to me once. You know, and it rocked me. It hurt my neck a lot, you know. Yeah. You know, and Christopher was the one that actually told me, hey, dude, he was hazing on you. You know, 
because for so long we were labeling backyarders. But my background was this though, man. I first started with all Greco Roman grappling, shoe wrestling. And when I first tried to do the pro wrestling part, my mentality was this if you couldn't beat me real, ain't no way hell I'm going to let you beat me in sports entertainment. <laughs> you know, that was my mentality when I first started in 2005, breaking into sports entertainment wrestling. You know, and I think I went, what, two years jobbing after that comment, Chris? Yeah. Before the time let me win uh, <laughs> a freaking match. <laughs> the first thing I said to a promoter was, uh, I'm like, oh, sorry, you can't beat me real, man. I, 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 ain't, I ain't here to lose to nobody. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, I learned a very valuable lesson. I got humbled real quick. <sighs> but um, where do we go from here, Chris? Let's see. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to ask you this question, man. Um, now, remember Andy Wendell tells us this. When Fire Pro was doing producing at Thompson, right? And all of a sudden, we see a flyer from Machido coming at Thompson. We've heard Bowen Pro went into extreme panic attack and accusing you guys of trying to steal their fan base and put them out of business and run them out of town. What's your comments to that? Yeah, I heard the same thing. I was like, well, no, not really. Uh, I think my I saw a status that actually said that. And my exact comment was, no, I'm not Chris Wiggins. <laughs> what? That, that was my reply to it. And no, I'm not Chris Wiggins. <laughs> I love you for that. That's awesome. You know, we're not trying to shut anyone down. You know, I, I'm still a firm believer that somehow we can all build wrestling up. Um, while we have some similar wrestlers, some work both, not all. We're, uh, Bushido is a completely different type of show. Um, they're doing the whole tournament format right now. And then um, completely different thing. You know, maybe they can get some talent from it, you know. If they like them, who knows. But, no, um to my knowledge, we're not there to shut anyone down. Just there to do a show at the Boys and Girls Club. And the hopes is to end up back in Augusta at the Augusta location. So, Well, I know everybody talks about Augusta. Augusta is one of, got one of the oldest traditions in wrestling it's a great wrestling city at one point it was especially back in everybody talks about augusta back in the 80s you know the dusty Rhodes era rick flair era the jim crockett promotions will come to the bell auditorium and everybody i've ever interviewed i've ever talked about between i would say from 2007 to 2000 right now you're 18 it all said that was the goal when 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 it was live wire, when it was flat live, when it was AWF, even UCW, I, I saw a lot of even T Money, T Money to me especially Timothy Blackwood, you know, that was the number one goal was to try to bring back that type of tradition, that type of wrestling, and try to get booked at the Bell Auditorium. And here we are, 2017, man, 11 years later, I haven't. I think the, I think the closest promotion that might have remotely came, and Chris coming on right here or not. The one promotion that came the closest was Flatline. That, that Flatline Pro, the Flatline Championship Wrestling, they did have three shows downtown in Augusta. 
What was it, Chris? Heavy Metal Mayhem or something they had like that? The, the, the Heavy Metal Mayhem shows in Augusta. They had, they had, they had, they had, they had the, Beasley yeah. broad, the Beasley Broadcasting Station I was in there, Jordan Zay and all them were all down there. And then they were, they were trying to get the, the Bell Auditorium at one point. They were close, but they didn't, but they didn't quite succeed. I think, uh, what was it? Jordan Zay got in a fight with one of the wrestlers and then, I don't know. Some wrestlers they started drinking before the show started, or have drunk, and it just it didn't turn out that great. And that was did three shows. And the the, the third show, the third show of Russell Metal Mayhem. A lot of them were drinking before their matches, so they were um, drunk as a skunk before they even climbed in the ring. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fucking horrible. Yeah. I heard. Yeah, I actually worked in some capacity the third one, and you know, it was a really cool concept. You know, oh, the great concept! I thought it was genius. You know, I mean, they, 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 they. Were, did you, did you see the part where uh, Eric Milker was doing a Stud McCoy gimmick, and he had what's, yeah. what's his name, Jason Ellis, the the, the the sports broadcaster, on one of those networks. And they did that angle where they hit him over the head with a guitar, and the common man was being interviewed, and Stud McCoy hit him in the head with a guitar, and they ended up doing a match, and then they actually made the even news, and actually were talking about it, you know. Wrestling was damn really buzzed in 2007 back then. It really was. It was all over the Augusta Metro. I mean, it was, you know, it was booming, you know. And now in 2018, we're trying to get that feeling back, you know. And I'm with you all the way, man. I, I, I still feel like we could all coexist. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I keep telling look, y'all, get that Vince man mindset out of your head, you know. I mean, right. I, I mean... I don't get it. If if, if Mid Atlantic could do business with with uh, Mid South, you know, for the chance of wrestling, you know, the territory days, and you know, they can all work together to do business back then. Why can't we do that now? You know, why can't we have talent trade off? Why can't their champion come in our promotion and take on our champions? That you know, I think the only ones got benefit from it are the wrestling fans. You know, right. you know, it goes That's back to two thousand seven. You had Flatline, TWF, and WFJ. And yeah, TWF and Flatline work together. Pretty good. Granted, you know, Flatline didn't like a lot of us, but a lot of them still came out to TWF. And a lot of us went out to Flatline, and we did that whole invasion show, which was insane. You know, we, we got dozens and dozens of people to get in cars and leave the VAP all the way to Grovetown that show and I feel like they really didn't capitalize too much on it. No, they didn't. Got the ball in, huh? If TWF would, you know, fall apart soon after. And what 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 really caused the fall? I didn't get to ask that question earlier. I'm sitting there thinking about it. What really what really um what was the true cause? What what called what, what made TWF fall? I could say, yeah. Um we got into November of 2007, and uh, you know, Chase and Madeira went to Royston. And so they weren't there. They weren't booking. It was pretty much me and Hunter booking the show at this point. Yeah. And uh, we were getting to a point where we all started going to Walterboro for RWE. And... They just they just decided we're gonna take a hiatus 
from TWF for a little while. Okay. And then we did two more shows that summer, and that was it. There's been no talks of trying to bring Throne back or anything, or or is it pretty much... There's always always rumblings, like, yeah, we can do a TWF show here, you know, and it just never pans out to rumbling. It's it's just rumblings. That's I think that's all it'll ever be. Well, you know, like I said when when the AWF finally closed the doors in 2014, from 1999 to 2014, we had a pretty good run. But um, we we're we're gonna try to do a show. I think second second weekend of May 2018 as a re, more like a reunion show slash farewell show because it dude it ended and. and in 2012, I didn't say, guys, if we don't end it soon or make it to an indie level, you know, we're going to end up hitting each other and resenting each other for being a failure about it. And that's exactly what happened. We had a big, massive blow-up fight at the end. And me and Chris walked away together. We told Jay to go to hell pretty much. And then, you know, because, you know, Jay did. I ain't going to sit there and say again what he freaking did because he know what he did. And he can look in the mirror and know what he did. And, you know, and we walked away from it. But, it's kind of like, you know, it took us like what, two years, Chris, for us to finally sit down and kind of work things out. Yeah. And we finally agreed, look, we're going to do a reunion show and let it end it the right way, you know. And then we're all going to just move forward, you know, whether it's yeah. UCW or or another promotion or who knows. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've I've I stuck with the idea for about a year if I was going to start my own promotion and do things myself, but I just I don't know. I guess you get a little older in life, you just kind of live in regret, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, never say never, but it's one of those things where I'm, I'm enjoying doing the podcast with a shootout. You know, it's like my 35th episode because we're doing, we're doing, we're, we're doing pretty good with that. You know, and um, I hope to continue to form, man. I do wish you the best with Livewire. You know, I'll go on the record right now and says if I can help you in any way that I can, you know, I'll, I'm definitely going to endorse it. Um, like I said, never say never. Um, but what's the future right now? I know, I know Throne is done. You're still doing good things with Machida, you know. And you go on record saying that you're not trying to put a live bar out of business. You know, we're all just here to wrestle, you know. Right. But there is a rumor in the window going around that Bauer Pro might go out of business. I mean, I've heard rumors from, uh, from actually from UCW management, which is me and Chris not too long ago, that, uh, Joshua Hancock is considering selling, selling his ring and selling all the equipment. Have you heard the rumor? Same thing. Any truth to that rumor? No, I don't know anything about that. I mean, we heard about it. You know, I was just kind of like, "Wow, really?" Hey, well, I can guarantee if it happens, I'll try to be in Sweetwater Gym the very next month. <laughs> This one on the wow. grave, right? I took you with I was I was like my jaw dropped when you stood up on flatline earlier. I didn't expect <laughs> you to say that. That was awesome. Oh man. But um we're gonna wrap the show up here, man. I gotta get back to work here. It's almost three forty five, so the highlight at the end of the show, dude. I'm gonna um I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna give you a bunch of wrestlers' names and you just tell me what you thought of them. Here we go. Ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Jeremy Cruz. 
one of my best friends. Matt Cruz. A drunk prick. Whoa! <laughs> uh, the professor, Caleb Kitchen. Very creative. Very creative. Outstanding answer. Christopher Dwayne Dickens, the legend himself. <laughs> Has great ideas, but not usually not the means to produce them. Okay, okay, cool. You're on one of those great ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Some of them, you know, made it. But others, you know, you you can only do so much with, you know, talent like, uh, well, I I won't shoot on anybody, but some of them, you know. (laughs) Only so many turds can be turned into a gold brick. That's all for like that. Exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right, I know, I know he's passed on there. Okay, I, I didn't get a chance to bring him up earlier. But what were your thoughts of working with Mike Marger, Bam? Um, they were really good. I feel like he brought a lot to the table, but he's also a businessman. And at times, there were times he was out for number one. But, you know, that's, you know, everybody has to look out for themselves. No fault to him. Especially, I've learned that lesson the hard way, man. Special wrestling, if you don't take care of yourself, don't expect your partner to it. I learned, I, when I was, I, I wasn't stabbed in the back. I almost shot in the skull. And I thought I'm going to say about that. Speaking of which, what about Chris Wiggins? The short version is he's a pretty. can probably go on for about three hours about why, but we'll save everybody the time. Stay tuned next week for part two of this interview. Billy <laughs> Johnson on the complete story of Christopher Wiggins live on the shootout. <laughs> I definitely want to hear that story for three hours. <laughs> It'll be three hours going. He's a prick because he did this. He's an asshole because he did that. He's a dumbass because he did this. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's just that I'm not. But, um. Uh, have you ever heard of this masked wrestler? He's, he's supposedly very, very vicious. He's a mute. They call him Chains. I have. Um, he's also new. <laughs> not, not in particular. Um, uh, well, he's been compared to that other loud mouth. He's calling the wrestling world his kingdom now. Yes, he's actually calling it his kingdom. Um, and he doesn't wear a mask. And he, he, he calls himself the Black Rose, which is Terry Rose, Christian Fury. He's been compared a lot to Gene. Uh, mask Fury doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is that the guest actually stole your line this time. <laughs> I know, right? I was waiting for it, but it didn't come out, so somebody had to deliver it. <laughs> Stay tuned next week with the shootout with Billy Johnson. <laughs> there you go, there you go. 
Um, <laughs> I wouldn't trust him with anything. Uh, I feel like he's one of the backfighters of wrestling. Did you say backfighters of wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I'm, make sure who's the correct one. Backfighters of wrestling. I'm going to have to use that one. At, at this point, he's writing this down in a notebook to keep it for future reference. Yes, I am. For future reference. My, my Kong next show on the UCW show. Harry S. Christian Fury, no one has a backfire of wrestling. What are you talking about, Bill? What is that supposed to mean? Well, what's the last episode that you know? You're going to get some kids exclusive. I got it from the three studios, so. I called him. A, I called Dan Rickman his first season. The fear of being Mo, Taco being Larry, the nice part of being Curly. <laughs> Y'all hold on one second for me. All right, man, get out of here. Go see your wife. All right, next wrestler, the Night Sparker, Dead Reckoning. Uh, I felt like he thought he was better than what he really was when he first started, just because he worked with Oz. But he has improved a good bit since then. Um, nothing really too much else to say. And I can, I can see where you're coming from. He, he, has, he has improved a great bit. He's definitely... Uh, yeah, yeah. he's he's improved uh, a lot since the days I found him at Waffle House where he looked like a child molester. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. But, um... You mentioned this guy earlier. Um, I'm just going to you know, get, your, get your true thoughts on this guy. Uh, they know him as Bayou Billy. That's another episode of the shootout. <laughs> um, episode three in two weeks with Billy <laughs> Johnson on the <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Any thoughts of Glenn Bell? He's an Alvar wrestler, but you mentioned his name earlier. Um, I feel like. So there, you know, just like rest of that crew, there were some days where they wanted to be serious when they were by themselves. Yeah. But when you yeah. put this, when you put them together, their brains turn to play doh, and all they want to do is play and not focus. Individually, I think they could have been good. Ghosty being the standout, but yeah, definitely. Kevin could have done it. Kevin could have been great. He had charisma. He could talk. He can eat. He had some vicious chicks, man. He can really go when he wanted to. It's just like Ghosty, man. But 
you know, you know, he, he said that word for word uh, what uh, Justin Chambers when he was trying to teach these guys to think. And there were, if you couldn't make this one kid, um, uh, Billy, I can't remember his last name. His first name is Nick. We all call him Demon. He, he had heart of Forrest Griffin. I've always said he would take a beating, but he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't complain. He wouldn't. He, he would do whatever he told him to do. You know, he had good attitude. But you know, fell in love with a girl, and she got my wrestling. <laughs> it's like about mm. that. But um, but what about you know? I mentioned this guy. You, you, you haven't mentioned too much on the show, but what's your thoughts? He's now the former UCW champion, but he, he was FCW champion, and he briefly held Dell Bell the AWA. I'm talking about um, Justin Chambers. You, any deals with him? What's your thoughts on him and his career professionalism? Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, worked with him several times, um, different promotions. Um, he actually used to give me a ride to AWA. For a short time, uh, yeah, good guy. He never really, he never really said a negative thing about you. Whenever your name came up, he actually, you know. Um, yeah, I, I feel he was one of the few su- true supporters I had out there, and the other one being Houston. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've gone on a record and said James Houston is the hardest hitter I've ever, ever, ever met other than myself. But he, he uh, what's your thoughts? I know you say he's a good guy and everything. What's your, what's your thoughts on James Houston, the character? Because uh, let me tell you this first before you uh, know what your thoughts on. He was, uh, Christopher, coming from wrong here, he was actually banned a couple of times in a couple of promotions. Either from what supposedly scared a fan half to death. Or he said the wrong thing. I can't remember what it was. I think it was cursing or anything, but politically it was misinterpreted. I've always thought. But Christopher said the legend story here. Uh, I know he was what booted out of Flatline because he uh, was using a uh, vulgar language. Uh, <laughs> and um, I mean, but that part, but it was something. It was something else that happened. And you know, Wigan was like, "Wait, not Wigan." Twitter kept telling me that. It wasn't supposed to have been taken that way, but supposedly a fan got um, a really upset, offended, or the fan parents really got upset and offended. And the lack of violence he was doing in the ring, and it said he was that was all violent. flat line. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. No, um, that was all flatline championship wrestling. It's he said something. No, it was another promotion, and he did something. I guess he got too violent or something. They told him not to come back. Um, but I mean, he's <laughs> he's one of those guys where over time he's um he's developed himself a lot more and become more grounded to uh his style and not being so unorthodox i mean there was times where i would wrestle him when i was actually wrestling and uh he would he would get in the ring and look at me and like i want to do this and i would look at him and go okay he wanted to do like uh this move off the top rope i can't remember what it was and i looked at him and told him i was like okay uh climb up there and if I see any hesitation out of you, I'm moving out of the way. 
So he climbed to the top rope, and he sat there, and he hesitated for, like, a minute. And as soon as he jumped, I moved, and he hurt himself. <laughs> so um, after he got up, he beat the crap out of me with a cane. But <laughs> beside the point, um, he's uh, he took a little time to develop himself and develop his gimmick and his style. And I think, you know, I think uh, 2011 was the point where he had that style locked and he wasn't as an orthodox yeah. as he used to be. I, 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 I'll tell you one story real quick. I just, I just have to remember as Chris and uh, Billy, they a lot about Twitter. We'll be in the back. I'm, I'm working on the booking card, right? And so he, he was like, hey, man, what am I going to get? And I write the person's name. I just look at him. His face would light up and smile. And look at the guy. Oh, I'm going to have some fun with you tonight. <laughs> I just look on his face. He was like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with you tonight. Oh, but all right, buddy. Tell me what you thought of uh, James Houston. If I was ever to be in a fight, James Houston would be the one person I'd want in the trenches with me. Could better better myself. I said that countless times, and and he would have your back too. Yeah, uh, nine times out of ten, man. He 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 uh, at least. Yeah, I remember one time just being standing in the parking lot one time. Me and Chris, I'm a dumbass, locked my keys in the truck, you know, and, and we actually talked to Peter Style, what he was doing, came right to us, man. He had a lot, he had a lot of luck. Yeah, I get it. You know, got in that truck, man. He, 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 he's one of those kind of guys, man. If you need somebody there, he's there. Yeah. God, we, I, I got, I, do you, are you familiar with Jeremy Sill? Who? I think you might have knew this guy right now. He was probably before your time, uh, Jeremy Sill. He was – I imagine Chris, uh, Christopher Dickens would have had an IQ 50% below zero compared to Christopher. And that's uh, Jeremy Sill. He was, he was you're you're familiar with Jeremy Seal. He was at one of the shows. He was oh, in a battle royal. and he's stupid motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. That was – I'm in here. I'm here talking with Twitter, right? And I told Don the kid begged and begged and begged to get booked on the show. Finally, oh, get my better judgment. Fine, I booked him. I told Don, "Dude, please let him ask in two minutes. Don't move. Get him out of there. I'm just we're, we're ready to move on." No, Don's okay. No problem. Don doing the exact opposite of what I told him to do, which is trying to work with the kid. This guy is doing Randy Orton poses in the ring. I turn around to look at the ring and you know, see him doing it's like been like what five or six minutes. This match is still going on. I'm like, what is taking so long? I'm trying, I'm looking, I'm seeing this guy doing Randy Orton poses. And I said, I just hold my head down. I'm like, Tweeter, please tell me I'm not seeing this kid mocking Randy Orton. And he's like, Don't worry, Bill, I got this. Tweeter gets a freaking chair, tells the person to play the music, walks out of the ring and just lays out Jeremy Cruz, busting his skull still wide open with a steel chair. Dude, it was priceless. I didn't have to say anything. He was like, Bill, I got this. <laughs> yeah, he used to do that at Livewire. And, you know, he he said he had training. So I said, okay, you're going to be in a battle royal. And this may be one of maybe two times. Hey, did he, did he, did he, did he, did he tell you who, uh, who, uh, who trained him? 
Yeah, he's, he's saying he's trying to AWF. <laughs> oh, God, Chris. And the second I said, all right, you're in the Battle Royal, the <laughs> amount of people who lined up saying, hey, I have a mask, can I do this Battle Royal too? I was like, why the sudden interest in a Battle Royal? He's like, because you put that shithead in there. I'm like, okay, well, we're, you know, we're going to limit this. We're going to limit this a little bit. We can't have the double roster in here. What looks right. So I put him in there, and Kyoshi does a spot where he goes out of the ring. You know, he's doing the goofy mask gimmick. And uh, I look over, and I see uh, Jeremy. Shay Seal, whatever his name is, like awkwardly sliding out the ring right beside him. And I was just like, good God, you begged me for a spot and you're going to sit outside the whole match. So Kyoshi throws him in. And I don't remember who the first person, it might have actually been Pascal, grabs him and just starts lighting him up. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there you go. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, and Christopher, where Christopher, if you had a sit, oh yeah, you did have a sister term, but. but he's WWE bound though, so <laughs> he knows more than I do. I mean, you know this guy, Billy, you know this guy tried to tell me and Chris that he's working out at the NXT Performance Center. Oh, yeah. Florida. Yeah, I've heard the oh, same. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Oh my gosh. That's a cool story you just made up. He's actually begged to be on the shootout <laughs> since its inception. And um, he's like, I want to talk about my story and my time with AWF and my time with NXT training with Seth Rollins. face when I heard the story. <laughs> I, know. I was at Chris's house and Chris showed up on the computer when he said it too. I fell on the ground laughing so far. My knees and ribs everything was hurt. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Don't bless me. I was talking about Chris taking a lot of plates. <laughs> wow. Well, I looked at that. Go ahead, Chris. I looked at that when he sent that to me and told me that he said that. I looked directly at that message. 
and I just typed three letters, W H Y. He goes, <laughs> he goes. Well, you you taught me how to fight. I was gonna beat his ass for you. I was like, and I would have been visiting you at the hospital. Not. <laughs> I was like, you you were a dumbass for picking a fight with Brandon Parker. We're like, Brandon Parker wouldn't pick a fight with Brandon Parker. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> that joke never gets old to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. We're getting off Yogi here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I can move on from that. Um, what's the, um, I, I, I know you're still doing, uh, Good business with Machino. Now, I have one question. I just, I just have to remember. Um, remember the Indian window, of course. Are you guys being backed by the NWA? Tell me out here, Chris. What's it called? NWA Anarchy, or what's it called? No, they're they're not being backed by NWA. No, um, no, no. The guy that was financing the one guy that was financing. They had financial Bushido is financial backing from Franklin Dove. No. The first was a partnership with uh, Franklin Dove, but um, I'm not sure who is uh, financially backing Machido at this point, but I know that he does have a partnership with uh, National Syndicate Wrestling, and uh, they, they pretty much get us on TV in Alabama, Lower Georgia and Africa at the moment. Really? Wow. Wow. Oh. We heard what, what like I said, one of the rumors in the window was that was why Joshua Hancock got so, wait, what's the word? Petrified, scared. Oh my God, I cannot compete <laughs> with their money now. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Pete. I'm not sure where it's coming from. He might be doing it himself. I don't know. But he he is bringing in some huge talent at this point. So I know he just had a John Gresham. Uh, what, what uh, yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on, um, speaking of about Battle Pro? I didn't hear this from Chris. Well, I might have heard it from Chris, but I just can't remember now. But I know I heard this from someone that the Stars and Bards Sponsored the Rock and Roll with Bauer Pro, and then they tried to supposedly take over Bauer Pro or something like that. But what were your thoughts of uh, if y'all any kind of like any thoughts of trying to get like old school talent like the Rock and Roll stuff to compete in Machino? Because UCW had no interest of trying to, and, and I'll explain that in a minute. But what's your thoughts on the uh, Rock and Roll You know, you know, I, I tried to convince UCW to try to get someone like Martin and your Nikolai Volkov or or, or, or even maybe even the Rock and Roll Express. You know, I even was willing to pay half of it. They said that they pay a household name money. It would be an insult to the talent they have right now because they couldn't afford to pay their talent. That would be an insult to them. And I'm like, look, you'll draw more fans if you're able to get a big name there. And But you, know, you tell your younger talent that to try to steal the show, you know, and keep the fans to come back. When you guys start making money, then you can pay them. They call it an investment. It's not an insult to your, you know, roster. Right. But they're like, no, 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 we're not. We're, we're, if we're going to make it big, if 
it's going to be by our blood, flesh, tears. And I'm like, dude, you got to think of it like a business. Don't think of it. But, you know, that's why I'm not running UCW. That's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah. But she doesn't have any plans of trying to get that type of count as far as like someone like the Walking Road Express or anybody who had made it big. Um, that still has like at this point, I have no clue because you know I, I don't have anything to do with the actual booking of Bushido, so I'm not real right. sure how this thought process goes into bringing talent. Um, I know on my portion, Livewire, um, I'm just bringing in uh, for this show mostly local people. Um, maybe if it ends up turning out well, and maybe I can build sponsorship or I can somehow get enough eyes to where I get my own show. Um, maybe for me, down the line. But as for Bushido, I have no clue. So when you try and dig your next LifeWire uh, promotion show? Um, the full show? Um, right now, undecided about that. Um, trying to work something out here in North Carolina. But uh, that's a slow process. Augusta yeah. area, I feel um, promotions have already like let out some venues, or they talked to Dale, so there's not a oh, lot of room oh, yeah. to work with around there. Yeah. But uh, well, March third, I'll have the uh, about thirty minute time slot before the Bushido show to do live bar wrestling and for now I'm content with that because I don't have to book a venue I don't have to book ring I don't have to book out a full card I just have three matches and that's it well I mean it's not a bad way to get started I mean, to be able to stay afloat I know the NWA did that for years with the my fight is about broad brick promotions, WCW, ECW, and WWE. You try to have, try to get the NWA name going now. It's, it's, it's right. you know, whatever it can. You know, I told you, you know, it's not, it's not a bad idea. You know, I mean, the a- NWA was even in WWF in the late 90s. Yes, of course. So, they were. They didn't do very well, but, you know, they, 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 they you know, yeah. I know Bruce Pritchard wasn't really thrilled at that idea. Jim Cornette thought he could. But, uh, you know, <laughs> It depends on where you're doing it at, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, the NWA never made it big in the Northeast area, you know. They were just, they're just, you know, very, uh, they don't, the people of the North don't care about the Southern, the Southern Russia. That's why the Rock and Roll Express wouldn't make it big up there. And that, I mean, you can't book the Rock and Roll Express because the heavily biased boss and the Survivor Series, you know, they got booed out of because they wouldn't even pay attention. But at Asheville, North Carolina, at Super Rock 3, within that same year, that's one of the last time on the night they had when they had the match with the Heavenly Body with the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, it was just that kind of, that's just an example. I thought the NWA wasn't going to make it if they booked it in the Northeast Territory. Now, if the WWE would have booked the NWA you know, down the missing distant line, it would have got more of a fan base response. Because even, well, even to this day, the fans are going to respect the National Wrestling Alliance for what it stood for. Boy, I'm sorry. Well, even then, like, you had. Way older Barry Wyndham, a knockoff Midnight Express, and a yeah. Jeff Jarrett yeah. that really hadn't developed into a character yet. I oh, expect yeah. it to be successful. I don't think you really can at that point. 
Yeah. There was yeah. nothing attractive to it. I thought they did a good job now when they first started uh, doing TNA and they had listening and oh, yeah. Android and TNA. I was, you know, off a good match. I don't know if really going on behind the things or class all they presented TV. I was definitely, you know, enjoying what I was watching. You know, yeah. uh, but you're staying over there in North Carolina now? Yeah. No, I think that's a big wrestling state. I mean, have you tried at all trying to get something started up there? I mean, well, I know they're not like South Carolina. South Carolina got someone freaking red tape. It only seems worth it trying to do a show in South Carolina. Yeah, it's not really worth the money that, there. But that kid, that kid got killed in 2009. Yeah. Um, well, I'm about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte, which PWX pretty much runs. Charlotte and a couple of counties north and west of them. Yeah. So yeah. trying to run there, I feel like, would be a terrible idea because of how established they are in that area. Now, see, yeah. that's not even comparable to, say, Livewire running a full show against Flatline because Flatline's not making up to 500,000 fans a show. Maybe for once a champions, but not every show on a regular basis, bringing in huge names every show. But trying to invade like a PWX area is just not a good idea. And there's been a few shows here in the uh, Monroe area that have popped up. Not really lasting too long, kind of like how the Augusta area was from about 2008 to 2011. You know, you got a show here, they'll run a show, another promotion will do a show, and that's pretty much been it. Well, um, I know I tried to have it up there a minute ago, but I'm going to ask you one more question before I get down to the conclusion of the show. But being a promoter and being a wrestler in the ring, what do you actually enjoy more? Promoter. Okay. 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 Um, I do apologize on this part. I, I didn't get a chance to do um, the title history, but if you ever won any championships in the uh, any promotion in the in, in Insco, what was the most important championship match of the career? Or if you hadn't, what was the most important match you had where, like, you know, this is off, this, this made my career? I don't think any real match made my career. But, you know, I've held three titles. Um, two were practically just handed to me. Um, the AWA Southern States title was literally handed to me in Harlem when Dale was trying to do AWA out there. And so that didn't really mean that much because I didn't win it. I didn't earn it from somebody. I'm a stranger. Right. So I got got the Southern States title. Cruz got the main title because we're friends. So it didn't mean that much. The Live Wire title, I pretty much gave myself so that I can put it on Big Game James. So that didn't mean that much. Right, right. 
But I did win the TWF Tag Team Titles at an RWE event in 2008. That was pretty cool. But uh, never defended them. Lost them to Vincent Sykes and Dustin Knight the next month. And nothing was really done with them after that. So, But as far as matches, I think one of my favorite memorable matches that has an actual meaning to anybody um, it was a a one-off flatline show at uh, May Park in Augusta. Yeah. And uh, Madeira was uh, doing it for a fundraiser type thing. And it was me, a guy named Muzzle, and Matt Crosby in a gauntlet type match against Chris Main. And uh, afterwards, he gave this promo about, uh, I think it was his aunt that passed away and what the whole charity was for. And, you know, he was was in tears during his promo. And it's probably one of the more memorable matches I ever got to be a part of. Okay, okay. What does Ryan Reigns? Is there any? Are we going to expect to see Ryan Reigns step back in the ring anytime soon? If the live wire deal works out with Bushido, I fully expect to see Ryan Reigns in the ring again. Because there are two kids out there that I owe a match to, and if live wire wrestling doesn't do very much else. Besides this, or if it flops, doesn't do anything. The one thing I can say is Livewire helped produce a dynamic Dexter and a, I cannot think of his work name. It's, it's changed a few times, but I think he's going by Jackson Frost at the moment. They call themselves Northern Lights. Yeah, that, yeah. Was the only those were the only two guys to come from live wire training to actually go somewhere. So I owe them to a match at some point. Will we ever ever see? Now, I know it's highly unlikely. I I I I'm a firm believer. Never say never. If I got to pay money to make this thing happen. I got paid to do 500,000 bucks just to say yes. Will we ever, ever see the match that should have happened in 2010? Christopher, the legend, Dickens versus Brian Rain, one-on-one. You're going to pay me $50,000, then yes, that match will definitely fucking happen. I'll show up in my underwear barefoot with nothing but uh, a smile, ready to wrestle. I don't give a shit. I'll even put Rain over. I don't care. <laughs> I will Kevin Nash that shit. He will be Hulk Hogan that day. <laughs> if you're showing up like that, I'm going to up that booking fee from earlier. <laughs> I'll even bring Wiggins along to ref the match. <laughs> we'll have Wiggins. Chris Wiggins be a special guest referee. We'll have Christian Perry be the timekeeper, you know, and we'll have Bayou Billy be the, uh, be the, um, the belt. 
Great announcer. <laughs> wow. I'm going to need Houston at my corner for this one, I think. <laughs> Put him in the trenches. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What's yours, though, guys? Will it ever happen? Uh, as Cross, you know, um, I don't know. I can maybe see it at UCW eventually if either of us get there as workers, but I'm pretty much sticking to booking myself. That way I know I have pretty much full control over what happens, nothing shady or anything like that. I'm not saying that you would do anything shady, but that's just the mindset I've gotten as of late. Just make sure I'm not put in the ring with somebody who's just going to beat the shit out of me. I can speak on Kurt's behalf. We totally, totally understand that. Right now, uh, Chris were handled by booking. Chris ain't gonna put me in a situation where I'm gonna hurt someone. They're gonna hurt me. They're gonna put me in my head. Look, we're gonna work together. But we're just gonna work. You know, as far as me working again in UCW, I don't know. You know, I let Chris were handle that part. Of it. I, I do trust him. You know. Yeah, like if CM Punk, if CM Punk, I got a lot of interest myself. But Chris knows everything I want to do. But if CM Punk was going there and said, "I'm a Paul Heyman guy," I'm the guy that's in there that says, "Hey, I'm a Chris Dickinson guy." You know, because Chris was <laughs> the only guy in this business that stabbed me in the back. That's why I trust. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, those T-shirts will be available soon on uh, Touch My Bass Productions website. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm a Chris Dickinson guy. <laughs> But, um, but dude, man, hey, man, I've had a blast, man. I thought, I was thinking, you know, I'm thinking myself, well, I could probably do this in 30 or 45 minutes, you know. I didn't, I had no idea it was going to last for, what, two hours, three hours? Close enough, yeah. Close enough. I had a good time, man. I enjoyed talking with you, man. I hope we can do this again. And I know we got more to talk about. And, hey, I'm dead serious now. If you want to freaking do the whole a three-hour shoot on Chris Williams. Hey, we can do it in the shootout. <laughs> I got no. I don't. I don't. I don't discriminate. Oh, yeah. hey, we can talk, talk smack about anybody. You know, Lord knows like if you him. listen to the first. If you listen to the first ten episodes of the shootout, we're all doing the shoot on Fury. Like we're gonna have some ten hours worth. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, man. But um, Christopher, man, anything to add, man? No, um, if I say something, it's going to be another hour. <laughs> so, um, no, I think we covered everything in this episode. Um, I think uh, people now have a complete understanding of where Billy Johnson is and um, what he's went through. I don't think anybody's really ever got the chance to hear your side of the story until now. Oh, no, thanks, man. I mean, I took a different perspective, especially I think I did know. I mean, um, I mean, wow. Um, I'm going to start, um, I'm going to start, um, what do you call it? I'm not promoting, I ask what do you call it? Campaigning. I'm going to start campaigning to uh, Jane Dunn to eventually come to UCW at least once or twice, you know, and, and try to get something with I guess something will work out. I don't know where he's coming from when you have it running and rain is going to hurt their image. And that'd be going to tell us thing worked out there. Good gracious. Yeah. You know, we're in a freaking image. Hey, if you look at stuff in the mirror, good gracious. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god! You should freaking watch an unhinged show, and, and you'll you'll see this guy. My kingdom, my kingdom. I mean, and, and, and you'll hear Josh Pascal try like, dude, it's our kingdom, and they'll turn and say, back, shut, shut up, it's my kingdom. You know, on, on, on to, the, to, the, to, the, to the fans out there. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I'm just shaking my head. I was like, oh, this guy's full of himself. But, hey, that's his character. That's what he's trying to do. And, and hey, you know, at his credit, the fans are buying into it. So, I mean, you know, the works, it works, I guess. You know? You know yeah. That's how it works. But, um, but, dude, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You know, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back on the show. Okay, get you next week. We'll get you week after next, man. We'll, uh, we got a few people lined up. We're trying to do, we're trying to do a shit episode each every week. You know, and we're trying to, you know, we can do our best with it. And if the show is too long, it'll be a two-parter. You know, part mm-hmm. one, we'll continue with, with part two. So we could definitely hear both parts of three. And, uh, you know. But, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that being said, I'm Survivor Payne Bill Blanchard. Along my co-host, Chris Diggins. We've had Ryan Rain. We've had Billy Johnson. And Billy Johnson, one, one last time. When did you say my favorite quote of this show? What was the reason Michelle did a show right after the flatline? I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it was a piss on the grave. Damn. That's you right there. Good night, y'all.